Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello and welcome to the Anyone's Game weekly podcast where we look back at another huge night of action in the SWPL. Glasgow City are now three wins from their 14th SWBL title in a row as they overcame a much-improved Motherwell side. Rangers defeated Hibs to keep their title hopes hanging by a thread. Celtic kept their push for Europe alive with victory over Spartans. And finally, some good news for Hearts as they get their first away win of the season up at Forfar Farmington. My name is Kenny Bogue and joining me to discuss the midweek action is Motherwell's Stuart Hall and the Anyone Game lads, Robbie Hanratty and Peter Quinn. So welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for having me, Kenny. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, good, man. No, thanks for coming on, Stuart. Obviously, first of all, Stuart, before we get into it, we'll need to discuss, obviously, breaking news for Motherwell, as Motherwell have appointed new head coach Paul Brownlee. So, Stuart, what, what do you think that'll mean for the club? Um, well, I know it's one they've, they've took a, a good amount of time to go and process. Uh, Alan Burrow's really... Took his time. He had a lot of people interviewing. He had a lot of applications, so I knew he was taking his time. And uh, they've uh, they've appointed somebody that's got a vast experience in the youth game and national performance teams. Um, and they're they're obviously looking to develop the academy as well. So he, he's fitted the bill for that one. Um, and then it's he starts in the in the middle of summer once the season's finished. So it's planning for the future. They're not just planning for short term goals as well. And and at what point, Stuart, did you find out about the news? Obviously, you had went publicly saying that as a Motherwell fan, you'd be privileged to have your name in the hat for it. But when did you find out that it wasn't going to be you? Um, I found out I found out um, before the the city game. Um, I found out on the Tuesday night. Uh, I was brought into the office, and obviously, I had put my hat in the ring for it, and I said I would love the opportunity to take it over. Uh, was told the reasons why, and and I was very respectful and gave us good feedback on on everything. Uh, so I found it before the game on the, on the Wednesday. Uh, didn't tell the girls until after the game Wednesday because we still wanted their focus to be on the game um, and making sure we got put in a good performance, which I think we did. Uh, and then we waited till we're in the changing room after it to to let them know the news. But I did tell them that nothing was changing between now and the end of the season. It was still going to be myself with with Willie taking taking the remaining games. Uh, but that uh, that Paul would be Paul would be looking from afar and, and making his plans for next year. So it's it's not a case of season stops, you stop. It's you still need to be impressing for the new guy coming in and and showing why you should be still at model if if he's choosing to keep you on and 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 make sure you're if you're in the starting living, you stay in the starting living, or if you're not in the starting living, find a way to get yourself in the starting living on the new guy. Um, it's left it up onto their their choices. Uh, and left the door open for them all as well to to know that it's it's happening, but not not until the end of this season. We've still got goals to achieve because I'm stubborn and I like to like to make targets and set them and, and achieve them. So we're still going to try and achieve those targets before the end of the season. Yeah, is there still a sense of uh, a real sense of pride in the way that the team has grown and improved over over your kind of your spell in charge here? Oh, massively. I mean, uh, I'm I love seeing the improvement that the girls have done uh, every week. Uh, I've loved seeing the comments from from fans and from even from yourselves on here about how we're improving week in week out and uh, and we're, we're challenging more teams at the start of the season would be looking to us to to win comfortably. Um, so it's, I've I've enjoyed it. I've loved the girls uh, how they've how they've reacted to myself taking training and Willie and what we're saying. Um, and I think the results are showing that going from if we look at 
three games that I've been involved in recently. Uh, the Hibs, we had a game against Hibs in the mid-season friendly, if we could call it that, uh, just before we restarted, where they comfortably beat us, and I think it was close to double digits. Then first game we played against them up at up at uh, Edinburgh, it was a close three-two defeat, and then the weekend there, it's it's one 0 But anyone that was at the game could have said it was it was uh, a draw written all over it. And even Dean, who I know personally, he's, he's turned around and said we didn't deserve to win that game today. That's I'm I'm taking great great feedback from that. And to get to the point where we're now we're now looking at six rather than looking away, f- looking at the bottom of the table, going oh we could be ending up there. Um, I'm pleased with what's happened and I'm I'm relishing it as well at the same time because big, big Mullow Softy here I want to see them do as well as possible no matter who's wearing the badge or, or what form it's in so aye I've got no complaints Well we've been impressed the job you've done Stuart anyway so we'll do our sort of getting to know you questions that we do with everyone Stuart so tell us where are you from originally? Uh, boring I'm from Mullow stayed in Mullow been in Mullow my full life and plan on staying in Mullow for a good couple of years yet and is that how you got into football in the streets of Motherwell? Or? <laughs> uh, no, uh, to be honest, I, I came into football really late. Um, being a farmer, I never had neighbours to go and to go and kick a ball about with. And I don't know if you've ever tried to play football with a, a cow. Not very responsive, <laughs> mate. So, um, no, I was uh, I was through school. Um, I was in I think it was primary four before I started uh, started kicking a ball about properly with with guys in there, and then. I actually went to a Motherwell community summer camp and that's where it all took off from me and play football and, and everything else like that. And so far, Stuart, what's your sort of greatest achievement in the game? Um, well, I've, I've, I've got a good number. Um, on the playing side of things, I was very fortunate to actually sign for Motherwell as a, as a YT um, when I was younger um, and I stayed there for a good couple of years and never made it the first team, never got close to the first team, but actually... Uh, signing for your for your boyhood team that was a as a great achievement for me. Uh, being in amongst the the first team at Dumbarton for a couple of years was great. Um, never never won silverware as a in the in the men's side of football, but no, just playing for professional outlets that's an achievement for me. And then uh, in the coaching side of things, I think winning the the championship with come on to get promoted to SWPL two. Um, that was a great achievement for me uh, and the girls in the squad that year. And I believe it's still, uh, to this day, youngest manager uh, to do so uh, win the championship because I was only well, 21 at the time when we did that. Oh, so yeah. that's that, that's something I'm going to I'm gonna keep a hold of for a couple of years until somebody younger comes along and <laughs> takes it away from me. So, no, I've got a good couple and I could probably go on a couple, well, a couple more, but I would say those are the, the highlights at the moment. What's it like being a manager at 21? I mean, do you feel the pressure or because you're a typical 21-year-old just kind of rolling with it? Um, I don't know. I think, see, at the time, I think I was just so focused on the actual football inside the things. I'd been the I'd been the assistant manager to the guy who was there before me, uh, a boy called Mark Ritchie, uh, who was great to learn under. I uh, was with him when I was at uh, Aki's development team, Mill United, for, for a good couple of years as a coach. Um, and when we went down there, I was there for a year with him. And then when he, he had to step away from football and they offered me, it was more, I knew the girls, I knew the setup, I knew who, what they wanted to do. It was more just of continuing what we were doing and, and putting a wee moan, wee spin on it. So I wouldn't have said I was your typical 21-year-old uh, and experienced and immature about it, but it was it was weird. It was different and I, I loved it. And I think uh, I still keep in touch with 
with everyone that I've coached uh, when I was down there at that age. So they're uh, good memories and, and, and definitely something I've I greatly appreciated at the time. That's amazing. I didn't know that either. That's brilliant. So that's a lovely that. Uh-huh. But uh, and Stuart, obviously, if you can, what's your ultimate? For, uh, uh-huh. what, what's your ultimate five aside team? Were you in it? I well, like I said to you beforehand, I went. Can I get five five aside teams? Because I've got that, that many girls that I've coached over the years that I would love to put in it. Um, but honestly, it'd be really hard to just pick to pick five. But I think I would have to go with my goalkeeper. Um, it's a real toss-up just now between Lorne McGregor and, and Kim Ramsey, uh, the current goalkeeper uh, at Motherwell. And Lorne, I've had for a good couple of years at, at, at Kilmarnock, and she actually came in and helped us out at Motherwell. So it's a, it's a toss-up, but I could go with anyone. But I think I'm going to have to go in goals, Lorne McGregor, purely just because she's at uh, recent weeks she's she's bailed us out at Motherwell to to help us, um, and she's and she's a great a great girl too. Um, my four outfielders. Um, oh, it's, oh, I'm back to going. What am I doing? Who am I picking? Um, I think for a, a striker, I'm going to have to go with a, a, somebody that's already been on here, Lisa Swanson, uh, purely because of the relationship we've had together as a as a coach and a player. She, when she came into us at Kilmarnock, scoring form was brilliant. In her first five games, she scored six goals. Um, just off the bat when coming on on loan, and she's she had the potential to to, to do a lot um, in front of goal. So I'd have to say that midfielders. Um, I'm going to have to go with an old one that you probably won't remember, but she was Glasgow City captain for years. Uh, took them to the Champions League quarterfinals. Uh, Leanne Campbell, um, great attitude to playing football, and when she came out to help us at the first time when we were at Aki's. She produced one of the best tackles I've ever seen. Missed the ball a clear mile and hit the girl and stood up and looked at the referee and went, I won the ball! Just, oh, it was brilliant. Um, and a good laugh and a good character, so she was as well. Um, Love that, patter. Oh, it was brilliant, honestly. At the time, it was it was, it was great. Um, and then another one, somebody that's uh, I've coached since I started in women's football. Uh, it's at Festival just now, Claire Dockerty. She's one of those players that you tell her a job to do, she'll go and do it. You ask her to break down a, a break down a brick wall, she'll go, "How quickly do you want me to do it?" Um, she's one of those players that's always wants to do better, always wants to win. It's a great attitude to training, um, and one that you can rely on too. Um, and it's kind of a, a coach's or a manager's dream. Just one of those players that you're happy to have in your team, and, and has got that the grip between your teeth. Um, and then defensive wise, oh, I've got I've got loads I could put in. Um, I could put in all the defenders I've got in model just now, um, plus a few that um, that I've coached before as well. So it's uh, it's really hard, and I'm really struggling. But I'm probably again, I'm going to go with a, another another old one who again was at Aki's for years and has played at City. Um, a girl called uh, Nick Dock, um, not Nick Dock that you know from from Rangers just now, but before that. Um, again, learnt a lot of her as a young coach about how to how to do things as well. Um, and no, she was she was good for me as a young kid. It's eighteen, nineteen when I was just getting into coaching um, to bounce things off and learn things from and, and and see things from. So I would say, you know, her, and I would say that's probably 
Oh, I could, I could go on for another 20, by the way, if, if, if you get time, how long is this podcast? We've got, we got two hours to keep going. Uh, I think I could name loads of people. If you want. Um, <laughs> uh, so, no, I would I would say at the moment, that's got Well, well done to everyone who made the squad. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's brilliant, brilliant. Well, guys, we better move on and look at the midweek action. So, Stuart, we'll start with your game. Of course, Leanne Ross opener was cancelled out by mother was Rosie Slater. City led 3-1 at half-time through a married Fulton penalty uh, and a goal on the stroke of half-time from Eva Colville. Katie Hay reduced the deficit to 3-2, but South African captain Janine Van Wyk secured all three points for City. Much improved in Motherwell in recent weeks, Stuart. What have you been saying to the girls? Um, to, first and foremost, I believe in, in what they are capable of doing and what they can do. Uh, it's, a good, it's a great squad, like I've said before. It's a fantastic squad of... Uh, of girls that are there that are that if I'm being honest shouldn't be as at the bottom end of the table they should be challenging um, the likes of Hibs and Spartans for for that the fourth place we should be up and round about round about there but we've just not performed it uh, at the key moments this season um, and we stuck with a with a good shape one that we've been implementing over the last uh, last ten games or so so I've been in charge and. They've really, they've really, they really got it down to a tee on Wednesday, and we really frustrated Glasgow City. And then going forward, we had a good number of bits of good play, uh, we had a good couple of opportunities, um, a, a wee bit of fortune too. I think Rose will be the first one to admit our, our goal was a cross. She'll be the first one to say that she didn't mean to go and fling it at the top bag, but she's going to take it. Um, and then I think this, the second goal kind of sums up exactly what we've been working on about uh, attacking down the wide areas putting the ball in the box, asking questions of the defence, but making sure we've got the right people in the right places to to capitalise on it. And Cody's finish was sublime. I mean, I don't like the camera angle when you'll see the highlights. Does it justice about she's got a defender in a way and a goalkeeper and she just has to hit it perfectly over the two of them to go and finish it. Um and it's been it was a it was a great goal and I'm just I'm more gutted that um at some of the goals we conceded and the times we conceded as well, such as like when we do equalise, it was, I think it was forty-eight seconds I counted between us scoring and them getting the penalty, which just knocked the wind out of ourselves. And then same again when we get the second goal and we're behind them again at three-two. Uh, it was inside five minutes when they when they got the goal as well. And there's other wee mistakes, but I could I could be overly critical. But if you if you look at the big picture and how and how much we've improved, it's as it night and day and. We're gutted, but it's a good gutted at the end of the day. Uh, do you think the penalty was harsh? I've only seen it once, but it looked a bit harsh to me. Um, the first angle when I seen it at the time, I thought it, the referees probably just got it right. I think uh, I think it's I think it's Eva Koval that gets fouled. Um, I think she just gets there in front of Lauren Gallon. I don't think it was a bad challenge. I don't think it was malicious or anyway. I don't think it was what a booking, but I think it, in the letter of the law, she's just got there in front of her, and and, and then she's. She's been hit by Lauren, so it was. I think in, in terms of that, I think it was apparently. But again, I was more annoyed that forty-eight seconds after we scored, they've they've worked their way down the right-hand side in a way that we told them to avoid, let them down that way. They've got into the box, and that's a bit I'm more annoyed about. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, Stuart. It is a huge difference to the reverse fixture. You lost eight 0 to Glasgow City, and I think four or five of the goals were lost from corners that. Night. So you must have fairly worked on defending set pieces because even the start of the game, you was 
he, players looked like they could deal with any threat that was coming from Glasgow City, and that's a team full of international players. Yeah, I think every single one of them understood the, the, the game plan and they knew all the roles, where they could hurt us, even though they've got a big squad. I think, I think it's 23 they've got a squad of and they've rotated it uh, drastically. I think they understood that in their position, they had two or three jobs to, to watch out for. They went and did it. And yeah, we've worked on set pieces um, over the course of the last couple of weeks. And again, we've, we've went with... Uh, a new style of defending, not just purely because of that, but just one I think that would suit the, the personnel we've got in the team to deal with with defending set pieces. And I think from that point onwards, we've we've been really threat, rarely threatened. Sorry, from defensive uh, when we're defending set pieces, which is is good. It's a plus, and it's one way to stop goals. Um, definitely against teams like that. Uh, so yeah, we're placed in that way, and and the way we have responded, and I think the girls especially. Listen to them after the game too, and, and how they were doing it during the game. They were a lot more positive about their performances and the way they're playing. And it's it's just a shame, just a shame of we're coming towards the end of the season now. And we've not got longer yeah, to play. Yeah, it is typical, Stuart. And one thing I've noticed watching three or four of Motherwell's games recently under you is the the work that your striker Kayla Kayla McDonald in Gua. The work she does sometimes it can go really unnot- unnoticed, but even with the Glasgow City defence, she was causing them a right handful. Is she a good player to work with? She's brilliant. I love her up front. Like, me and Robbie always talk about her. She's absolute class. She's just a nuisance, isn't she? Aye, she's been brilliant. Um, Originally, when she first came in as a model, she was was being played in the middle of the park, which technically, she's got got the ability of MD to play in there. Her first touch is brilliant. Her her range of passing is fantastic and her movement's great. I just felt with 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 our abilities and, and our technique and stuff like we could make more use of her up front and and uh, if you see her finishing by the way in around the final third she's she is uh, she is deadly um, and that, I think that's what we wanted to to get her up there and her hold up play is fantastic I mean uh, I've yet to see a a centre half uh, come through the back of her and, and take the ball off her. Um, her first touch is honestly our glue I feel like super glue sometimes ball comes in sticks and. And especially when we're playing the t- teams like Rangers, Celtic, uh, and Glasgow City, where we don't have the ball for a lot of times, having that ball sticking up front is is brilliant. Um, giving the defence a bit of relief, getting us a chance to get up the park, and then utilise our our quick players out wide um, to get in behind. So, oh, she's been brilliant, and I think the best one. She's she's an absolute angel of a girl. Um, uh, nobody, anyone in women's football, has a bad word to say about Kayla. Uh, she gets on with everybody. Um, and she's always got a big cheesy smile on her face when she comes into training. So it's, it's she's a good girl all round. Just in terms of look, looking forward, uh, are you targeting overtaking Forfer ahead of you now? Uh, if you can keep up performances like this, yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, the way we've performed the last couple of weeks, it's it's definitely a goal. We're two, sitting two points behind them, um, and we're, that is a target. We want to finish six this year when we. When we got to the turn of uh, coming into the last round of fixtures between everybody, we set the girls a challenge of a number of points to get. Uh, and we said if we get three quarters of that, we should finish six. So the two targets was finish six and get the, the, the number of points we, we set them. So we're, we're, we're close there. We're on the verging point of doing it. Um, I think another, another boost to the girls as well is that if things don't go our way, we could end up bottom the table, which... 
like I said earlier, this team does not deserve to be at this end of the table. Doesn't deserve to be bottom of the table, especially. So, it's uh, it's something that's, that's going to be another driving force. That if we don't if we don't perform this weekend, then Hearts to go about the business quietly like they have done in recent weeks with performances getting better um, and with a win against Forfa. They beat us this weekend, they're above us, and they're actually looking at Forfa going, right, if we can get me a point somewhere else, we could overtake Forfa. So it's actually becoming a nice wee interesting, from a neutral point of view, uh, an interesting battle at the bottom of the table too. So um, still an exciting league, but uh, it's one we're definitely we're looking forward to, one we're going to make sure that we, we try our best to finish above Forfa and, and finish six. No, I have to admit, like you're saying there, Stuart, we're loving it because it has turned out into all these wee mini battles, hasn't it? You've got three teams sort of battling out in each section to go <laughs> to sort of do something, so it's quite good. It's yeah. exciting for a neutral, like you're Aye, saying. We're, we're, we're can, where can it go? Ah, exactly. Oh, it's definitely. And uh, there's actually part of me that if, if, if you're a neutral, you're going, see if there was actually relegation in the league, top league this year, how even more interesting would the, would the battles turn out to be? Um, I think that would have been, been very interesting. But you know what? Even then, yeah, next year when the, the league leagues go to 10, it'll be even more. That's what I was going to ask, Stuart. I was going to ask, Stuart, that I know you don't know if you're going to be involved in the coaching side mm-hmm. with Motherwell next season. And the fact that this season there's no relegation, is it just also a case of preparing for an extended league next season? Because we spoke to Dean Gibson when we was asking him about wanting to finish fourth and he said this season is kind of irrelevant in terms of preparing for next season with no relegation um, I think it had a, had a factor on a lot of teams um, and how they went about their business so like Hearts have got a good number of girls that are, are young, yeah, same with ourselves we've got a good number of girls that are young and it was, this season you could look at it going yeah this is a chance for them to gain experience um, and, and come out at the end of this season potentially um, learning more so that next season they'll have even a better squad at it um, so in, in that manner of fact yeah it's kind of a, a there's like a, a free season a free hit at the, at the shot to see how it goes um, but at the end of the day if you turn around to Endy um, ourselves for for um, and Hearts and go do you want to finish bottom of the table every single one of them will be turning around and go no not a chance we don't want to finish bottom because for loads of other ways it then it'll affect recruitment if you then try to get a couple of players in for next season, you go, yeah, come to us and go, no, why we want to come to you? You finish bottom of the table, you'll be on the top for, for relegation next year. Um, so it's, it's a wee bit of pride too, uh, to say you want to finish up as high up the league as possible. Um, so I, w- I, w- I would say, yeah, there's I would say there's no consequences to this season if you finished bottom. But everyone's got a wee bit of pride in, pride in their performances. They don't want to finish at the bottom. They want to finish as high up as possible. Well, gentlemen, we better move on. We'll look at, uh, obviously, Rangers beat Hibernian, the first ever televised game at Pennycook Park. Uh, A double for Carly Gasola and a great finish from Bianca Westrup. Gave Rangers all three points to keep them two points ahead of Celtic and into Sunday's huge Old Firm game. Uh, Obviously, a big talking point on the night, Stuart, was the pitch. Malky Thompson said pre-match and post-match. It's the same Mm -hmm. for both teams. And in that sort of case, you just got to roll with it, haven't you? you just got to go on with it. There can be no excuses. No, there can't be, and uh, I've been actually fortunate to play up, play up at Pennycooks Park before, and uh, the park is is probably if you go in that league, it's probably one of the better surfaces in that league. But in the day, it is the same for both teams to to play on, and you have to go and deal with it. Um, I mean, I think grass parks are brilliant, um, and I think 
if we were in a fortunate position to play in more grass parks, it would be there'd be less issues. Um, and obviously, Pennycook have had very few games in that park too, so it's uh, it's hard to say. Um, so as it's the same for both teams. It's on the day you still have to deal with the elements. It's the same with the weather. I mean, if it's minus five and it's freezing, it's raining. You still have to deal with it and still play with it. It's the same for both for both for both elevens on the team. And Robbie, obviously, Carly Gasola with two goals and West Strips was a striker finish. But what about your favourite player, Lizzie Arnett? Two assists again, and we've no talk, stopped talking about her all season. Yeah, just yet again, she proves her worth getting us. Assist. She's run goals this season. I think she's in double figures with goals. So she, if Rangers are going to be the ones that get either get pimp Glasgow City to the title or get that second European spot, they'll be hoping Lizzie Arnott can do that every week because just watching her is just sublime. I never stop wanting to credit the, pl- the play she does. And Peter Dean Gibson said after the game it was his best his side played against Rangers and he feels they should have won the game. Would you agree with that? Um, to an extent, yes. They had a couple of chances and obviously uh, uh, they'll uh, probably be quite disappointed with the, the manner of the goals they conceded from balls into the box. Um, so yeah, they, I mean, they, it was certainly the best chance they've had against Rangers this season, the best performance they've put in. Um, and again, like I said, they were disappointed with the way the goals were conceded. So in, in that in that respect, I suppose, you, you could say that it was uh, the closer they've come at beating them. Um, but again, it's, it's clinical from Rangers um, taking their chances when they when they've got them, and it ends up a a three win. And something I was going to ask you, Stuart, moving on from that. Obviously, talk about the, the Hibs defending at the corners; it was terrible. How do you coach teams at a corner? Do you do zonal marking? Do you tell the players to sort it out themselves, or is it sort of worked out before the game? It's usually worked out before the game. I mean, every coach has their own preference. Uh, I think it also comes down to. To, to what attributes your team have. If you've got uh, a significant amount of players that are quite tall um, and are good at in their air, you could then go, yeah, that suit would be, would be more suited for zonal, um, putting them across a the six-yard box and saying, right, you're not marketing, your job your job is just to go and attack when it comes into the box um, and clear your lines. Um, or if you've got players that are good at matching up and stopping players from getting clean headers of the ball um, and, and maybe it's not as good... Early, that's that's the better way to go. Um, don't get me wrong. I know, I know from watching the wee snippets of the game that Rangers versus Hearts. I know Dean's going to be annoyed that that Carlisle has got a, a yard on their marker both times, um, and 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 got the header at the back of the net. Um, and I think the girl she's up against, Ailey Adams, it's that's just a learning curve for her. I think she's a young girl that's that's up against experienced players uh, and experienced team that are very well drilled and stuff like that. So that's one for her just as learning curve and it's unfortunate that it's, it's came from her both times but it's something that can be worked on and rectified and Robbie Colette Kavanagh played another blinder yesterday she was everywhere at one point she was in a rainy 18 yard line tackling and then next minute she was shooting from the halfway line uh, I know she's someone you've been impressed with this season she's also a natural left footer is it someone that Hibs could struggle to hold on to keep a hold of this summer? I think depending on Hibs ambitions for next season and what they're going to do for next season. They will have a lot of potential suitors for her. Every time I've watched her, she's all over the park, looks like she can take on a player, beat a player, willing to shoot and put a great shift in for the team. So yeah, I think teams will be looking at her, but with Spartans already announced going part-time semi-professional next season, 
maybe Hibs will do the same. There'll be more money in the league, so she might be tempted. But then, likes of the big three might be after her as well. You never know with the performances she's put in recently. And we'll look ahead, obviously, to Sunday's big game, Peter, the old firm. Uh, the last two games, Celtic 1-0 winners in both previous games. Uh, Celtic have scored up the pressure and then, sorry, soaked up the pressure then scored in the break. Do you see a sort of similar pattern for this one? Um, potentially, yes. Uh, Celtic have, have been really strong defensively recently. Um, so they'll be they'll be looking looking forward to try to keep that going uh, in this, you know, such a big game. They dealt with uh, Glasgow City's attacking threat particularly well, I thought, um, in the the match between the teams a week ago now. Um, so yeah, I, I think for them it's just about remaining consistent and and trying to do, do the things that they've been doing right over again in a big match. Uh, we've kind of mentioned before Rangers will be a bit disappointed with their performances in the big games um, since the restart to the season. Uh, so again, that'll be something they're looking to rectify. But for Celtic, it's you know I I would say it's definitely the keep going. You know they're they're doing they're doing a lot of things very well, uh, and they need to focus on them, uh, and they should be able to get a result. And gentlemen, I'll ask you all: whoever wins this game, are they going into the Champions League? I think so. Yeah, I would say so. I think it'll be a long way back for. I think it'll be. Yeah, I just think because whoever wins this one is, is in pole position. But again, like we've talked about in this league, it's it is tight no matter where you are. So I would say they're in the driving seat, but it's it could come down to that last last game of the season before we definitely know uh, who the two are. Um, it'll be interesting. That game's I mean, going to be huge. I think everybody will have the popcorn out that day going, right, it was, uh, definitely. Yeah, it could come down to the last one, so it'll be popcorn out, enjoy it, see see what happens from it. Ah, exactly, and then we'll all have a party, Aye, boys. Follow me up. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, so we'll look quickly now at 4 for Farmington versus Hearts. Uh, obviously, it was 2-1 to Hearts, and in long, at long last, fans returned to an SWPL game with 60 fans allowed in Station Park. 4 for took the lead in the first half through Donna Patterson, but two late goals from Leah Tweedy and Monica Forsyth sealed an impressive second-half comeback for Andy Kirk's side. Peter, you were impressed by Hearts at the weekend against Celtic. Did you see this result coming? To be honest, uh, I thought it was certainly um, it was certainly a real possibility. Uh, like like you say, I was really impressed with their, their first half effort against Celtic. They were really solid, really well organised, um, and their high press really put Celtic under so much pressure. Uh, so I, I would I would say that I, I thought so. Uh, I spoke to Katie Turner after the game, and she said that's what they'd been they've been building up to. Um, and they, yeah, they, they, again, they performed well last night, particularly in the second half, and, and managed to complete the turnaround to get an important three points. They're again at the bottom of the table. They're, you know, along with Motherwell, both teams are really on working in the right direction, certainly at the moment. And just what a big game does that make? Obviously, Sunday, Stuart. You, you, are you, you think Hearts will, be, Hearts will be right up for it after winning this one, won't they? Oh, 100%. Uh, and like I said earlier, they're, they're, they're making massive strides forward and they're improving week in and week out. So um, you'd have to be a fool to, to think that they're, that, they're, that it's going to be an easy game for, for, for us to, to go and play. They'll be organised. They'll be looking to play at their strengths and, and they'll make it difficult with their ambition, I'm presuming, uh, to do the same as us, is try and get off the bottom of the table and even could they catch another place above us and finishing six it's, it's it's again it's going to be from a neutral point of view it'll be a very interesting game but very difficult one to 
to play in. Well, we're definitely looking forward to it anyway. So we'll quickly move on. Celtic 4, Spartans nil. Celtic extended their unbeaten run to nine matches with a 4-0 victory over the Spartans at the Celtic Training Centre. Sarah Owens, Jacinta, Yodi Bartle with the goals. Five clean sheets in a row for Fran Alonso's side. That's extremely impressive, Robbie, isn't it, considering the sides they faced recently? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think something Celtic must have worked on a lot since the restart. They've not been conceding much goals at all. And the attacking players you mentioned, Sarah Ewan's Jacinta and Mariah Lee actually all scored, and that's all attacking players. So they're, they're getting it all right. They're getting the new signings scoring goals, and at the back, they're not conceding goals. So I'd say, despite Celtic being behind Rangers, I think Celtic being Spartans as well, because going into that game, Spartans, we've faced Spartans a lot this season for having some tight games. So Celtic to brush them aside like that, it's very impressive. And Peter, do you think Celtic will be quite confident in any uh, Sunday's Old Firm game? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, they've, they've been putting together a really strong run of results. I think uh, Fran Alonso has said that the, the loss to Glasgow City at the restart was down to you know them not quite being fully prepared and back up to speed yet. But since then, they've been excellent. Um, obviously, they've beaten Rangers uh, last time round, uh, got the 0-0 draw with Glasgow City, and have been mostly very comfortable uh, in their other fixtures. Uh, in the meantime so they're definitely going in the right direction and uh, yeah they'll have plenty of confidence at both ends of the park they're, they're defending well and they're creating plenty of chances as well and Stuart how much of a blow will it be for the side that doesn't get in a European spot this season do you think that'll affect them attracting players stuff like that next season um, I think it will be a blow but I think with with the investment that all the clubs are putting into their teams I think the, the team that, that does miss out what I do think is you'll, you'll see a hunger and a desire from, from everyone that's there to, to rectify that the year after um, and, and really go in and cement their, their position next year in the Champions League um, if they can. And I think the ones that do make it, I think they'll they'll benefit as well because they'll get hopefully the money that's, that's now getting involved in, in the Champions League. And if they make the group stages, it's, it's a significant amount of money that's coming into each team if they get to the group stages. So it's... Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see all round for the ones that do make it and the the team that just misses out. I think it'll be it'll be interesting. And what do you think when it comes to that, Stuart? See the financial because it's going to be a bigger financial gap in the SWPL. Do you think that's going to cause a bigger divide in the league for the more money they get out of the Champions League? Um, potentially, um, but then it's the same with with if you look at the men's side of things. Rangers and Celtic uh, have a significantly bigger budget than anybody else in the league, and. Uh, and the teams have to deal with it. At the end of the day, it's eleven. It's eleven players on a park playing football, and it comes down to attitude, application, and and preparation for it all. So I think it will benefit those teams, and I think they will become even even stronger. But at the end of the day, that that can only help um, the Scottish game as a whole. It will develop players even better, um, having even better players in the league, and I think the national team will will benefit from it as well. We'll start seeing even more. Uh, talent coming through and our, our girls getting even stronger and hopefully performances and, and the Nationals team will be get better as well. And then looking at the big picture too, if, if they're attracting better players, hopefully then even more money will come into the league with a TV deal. A TV deal comes in, it'll affect all the teams and then all the teams will benefit from it as well. So it's it's difficult to just look at it in terms of the golf and quality. I think you have to look at big picture as a whole for, for all of Scottish football. Uh, especially um, 
in the league and the national team as well. So it's and as a fan point of view for myself, it's, it's something I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, so are we. Oh, definitely. I know. I'm thinking the, big, the better the Scotland team get, the better jollies we get, don't we, gentlemen? Yeah, we, we can all go. <laughs> right, guys, we shall move on now. It's time. It's the time. I know you've been waiting for this as well, Stuart. It's the Anyone's Game quiz. So you will have to take on one of these gentlemen. Um, so far, no pressure on you, Stuart, but it is 5-1 to the guests. Okay, so these boys aren't very good. So, Peter, you are heads. Robbie, you are tails. <laughs> And tails it is, Robbie, you play Stuart. Stuart, you will go first. Are you both ready? As ready as I can be. <laughs> right, so the first question, Possible. so you know, the first question <laughs> each is multiple choice, and then after that it's a straight answer. So Stuart, we'll start with you. According to Hart's Twitter, who had a chance to equalise for Four for Farmington right at the end on Wednesday? Was it Alana Bruce, Donna Patterson, or Charlotte Gammy? Oh, I've no idea. I've not actually checked the Twitter, but going from playing against them, I'm going to say it's going to be uh, Donna Patterson. And that is one to you, Stuart. Well done. Robbie, you are next. Uh, in the last 10 minutes of Celtic versus Spartans, which Spartans player hit the bar? Sarah Cleland, Kat Smart or Katie Through? Didn't see the highlights, but I'm going from watching Spartans previously. I'll say Kat Smart. I'm afraid it was Sarah Cleland, so that is uh, nothing for you, Robbie, which I love. (laughs) Stuart, which which Rangers player was booked in the first half for chopping down Hibs Colette Kavanagh? Which Rangers player was chopped down? Okay, okay. Um, okay. She she chopped down Colette Kavanagh, so she was booked. The Rangers Um, player was booked. Oh, from going... Again, I've not seen the game, um, but going from where I think... She would have been playing. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to have to go and say uh, Sam Kerr, just thinking if she'd been in the middle of the park. Um, I think that would be one that would be close called for. So, well, what was it? Nah, I'm afraid it was Zoe Ness. <laughs> <laughs> so, Robbie, this. Ah, uh, sorry. Robbie, this one for you, right? Uh, you should get this, hopefully. Which Glasgow City player. Which Glasgow City player played a 1-2 with Eva Colville to make it 3-1 to Glasgow City. It was Claire Shine that played the 1-2 with Colville for the third goal. Yeah, that's 1-1. One, one. Yeah. You'd have got that one as well, Stuart, <laughs> wouldn't you? Um, so, Stuart, this last one's for you. Which Celtic player squared it? Which Celtic player squared it to Sarah Evans to Sarah... I can never say her name. Which Celtic player squared it to Sarah Evans... To give the hoops the lead oh, on okay, Wednesday not night. The highlights. Um, I'm going to go saying Jacinta. Because I wasn't there, I have no idea, but I'm going to go with her. Nope. Jacinta. I'm afraid it wasn't. It was It was Anna Philby. So it's 1 1. Robbie, you need this one to win it. Which Motherwell player was a judge to have fouled Eva Colville with the referee awarding a penalty on Wednesday night? <laughs> was that this game? Um, um, Rosie Slater? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you'd have got these questions, Stuart. Uh, was it Rosie Slater? No, Stuart, who was it? No pressure. <laughs> we talked about it earlier on. <laughs> we talked about it like t- t- 10 minutes ago. Right, it's 1 1, gentlemen. We're going to have to come up with a tiebreaker question. Right, so I'm going to ask you how many under 19 Scotland caps has Robin McCafferty got? 
Is this for both of us? Yeah, whoever's closest. Yeah, so just like, yeah. Uh, right, whoever's closest will get it right. Um, she was on your show a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, I'll I'm s- going to say, I'm going to go for eight. I'll say 11. Right, so Stuart, I'll say 11. Eight. And I'm just all trying to find out <laughs> the answer. And she's got none of under 19, but we'll go with under 17. So I'm going to ask you again, under 17. On the, according to the SFA website, right, go again. Uh, again, guess. just thinking about the amount of games she'll get in. Um, under uh, 17 um, caps. Go with eight. Second with eight. Uh, Robbie, I'll go fifteen. Fifteen, and the answer is twenty. So, Robbie, you win. So that's one pull back for the um, f- for for the pundits. Well done. So uh, you don't get a prize, though, obviously. So that's about it this week for the Anyone's Game podcast. I uh, well played, guys. That, that's a first ever tiebreaker. I had one ready last week as well. I'm gutted. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Stuart, as well, for joining us in the Anyone's Game podcast. Obviously, the weekend's action, we've discussed it already, but it'll be Hearts versus Motherwell, Spartans v4 for Farmington, Rangers v Celtic, and of course, Glasgow City versus Hibs. Uh, we'll cover that on Monday. But thank you all for joining us this week, gentlemen. And Stuart, good Thanks luck so with the much. Rest Thanks of the for having us on, guys. And keep up the good work you're doing the show, by the way. It's been brilliant.